One of the kiddos got uh, frustrated with me last week because I said, oh, let's make these Christmas ornaments. And she said, so we're just going to skip right over Thanksgiving? <laughs> I said, I said Mm-mm, we're going to have turkey later, but right now we're going to make these Christmas ornaments. But I get that frustration, right? I mean, we like, we like to celebrate all the things, all the things. Uh, I remember... I mean, I find now as an adult that I, um, I do enjoy savoring those moments, that time, uh, because time goes real fast as a grown-up. Y'all listen. I know you think Christmas seems like it's forever away, but time goes really fast when you're a grown-up. It doesn't, it does, I mean, I remember, I remember being a kid a long time ago that, um, it seemed like Christmas would never get here. I thought, I mean, every day I was like, oh, the countdown, it's too much. But, but now as a grown-up, I'm like, if time could slow down just a little bit so I could do all the things that need to be done before Christmas, then that would be great. But I just, I remember being a kid, and the, the closer we would get, the slower time would seem to move. It's like the, the second hand on that clock was like tick. And then it finally, you know, finally it gets here. But um, as an adult, it seems like there's not enough hours in the days. Is that just me? Or no, you other adults feel that way. I just feel like time is zooming by, like it's a blur all the time. Um, but Advent, this season, I especially find on Sundays, it is nice for me to be able to just take it in right? Like just breathe it in, be in that moment, be in that place. Um, it, Advent is a time of remembering and anticipating, right? Uh, the coming of Jesus. It is a time that we can anticipate um, the, the, the celebration of the coming of Jesus. In John, let me flip there. I have a lot of paper going on up here. In John chapter... Um, 12, I believe. We'll look at verse 46. It says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. That's Jesus saying that. It's in red letters in my Bible. I have come into the world as a light so that anyone who believes, so that uh, no one who believes in me has to stay in darkness. That is, that is what Advent is about. It is about celebrating who Jesus is and the coming of our Lord and our Savior. Um, that anyone who believes, anyone, that, does, that means Jews and Gentiles, right? That means the smartest person on the planet or the least educated person on the planet. That means the saintliest saint and the biggest sinner. Anyone who believes. You don't have to stay in that darkness. If that's not cause to celebrate, I feel like we've all been in a, in a time and a place in our lives where we felt like we didn't measure up, like we're not the same, right? Like we are not, I'm not on that level. I felt like that. A lot. I felt like that a lot. But Jesus tells me, 
that if I believe, I don't have to stay in darkness. I don't have to live without hope. This, this Advent season, our theme is a thrill of hope. A thrill of hope. This week when we were um, preparing for Thanksgiving um, and, and the meal, uh, we didn't cook everything at our house, but I did cook some things. But I was excited. We had been on a, like a, a little bit of a diet, and I just really wanted like all the, all the carbs. I wanted them all, all of the bread, all of the stuffing, all of the pie. I wanted all of it. And so on Thanksgiving morning, I woke up, and my house already smelled like Thanksgiving because, you know, I'd been cooking the day before. And I was like, oh, today's the day. I'm so excited. I had anticipated. I was waiting. I was so excited about this food. I was excited. And um, I can't imagine, I can imagine that if we had woken up and it didn't smell at all like Thanksgiving in our house and, and the day had progressed and we didn't have Thanksgiving food, how sad it would have been for me, right? I would have been sad. But I had this hope because when I woke up, I could smell like the dressing and everything happening. I had this, this thrill, this anticipation. I was ready right? I was ready. The day went on long, and I thought, are we ever going to eat? But we did, and we ate, right? And we feasted. We feasted. So um, today we're looking at, we're talking about a thrill of hope, and we're talking about this hope that came at last, um, this hope being Jesus, this hope being God speaking um, to his people. Will you, uh, will you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning that we are not a people that live in hopelessness. We don't have to live in darkness anymore because your, your son came and he is the light that gives life to all men. And so, Father, we are grateful this morning that we live on this side of, of Calvary, that we live on this side of the cross, that we do not have to live um, in hopelessness, but we can be a people of hope and we can share that hope um, in our lives and in how we live our lives. And Father, I pray that this morning you will help us um, in our darkest moments to turn our attention to that hope that comes in Jesus Christ, that hope that is the promise of Jesus, Lord. We love you and we praise you and we thank you because you are who you say you are, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about these four Sundays. We will talk about Jesus, right? I wish we talk about Jesus every week, but we talk about Jesus, the Jesus that came to earth as a baby, and he brought hope to our darkness, right? He came to save. Today specifically, we are talking about this hope that has come at last, how he, Jesus, brought hope to a world that was dark, a world that was dark. At the beginning of um, when I stood up here, um, for a few seconds, I was silent, and it was weird, right? It's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable when the person who stands up here is just quiet and stare, staring at you. You're staring at me, anticipating that I'm going to say something to you. I'm staring at you, thinking, I wonder how awkward this is for them, because it's weird for me too, right? But there were, so I, it wasn't even 20 seconds that I was quiet. For 400 years, God was silent. 
When you, when you go from the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, the last book there in the Old Testament, to the New Testament, it is a page turn for us, right? It is one page. And I think sometimes in my brain even, or a swipe if you're on your phone, it's quick. It is a page turn for us. For the Jews, it was 400 years of God not speaking. That's um, billions of seconds, like over 12 billion seconds. 10 seconds up here was weird. 12 billion seconds of God. Don't don't do that math because I could be wrong. Of God not speaking. Of them waiting, anticipating When is he going to speak? When is it going to happen? When are we going to hear? This is not one lifetime. This is lifetimes. This is generations. And you know, we we have read the Old Testament. We have seen, those of us especially who are uh, doing Bible study on Tuesday nights, we've seen what happens when um, the Jews are waiting. They get antsy, right? And they start turning to the left and the right. They start doing things that they're not supposed to do. They start, oh, let me learn from this religion. Let me learn from this culture. Let me glean from this. And and God was silent. Many times in the Old Testament, God reprimands them and they turn around and, oh, God, forgive us. and, And they move on. But for 400 years, God did not speak. He did not utter 400 years of of the Holy Spirit, of people not being filled with the Holy Spirit. 400 years of, you know, no no burning bushes, no, you know, meeting God on a mountaintop. 400 years. One page turn for us. 400 years for them. And I think in those moments, can you imagine the hopelessness? Can you imagine the darkness that they felt? Um, After all of these years of prophetic uh, words, God speaking to the prophets and the prophets speaking, and all of these years of these Jewish people seeing these miracles performed and these mighty works of God, and they saw it. I mean, the Red Sea, we know these things, right? They saw these things, and then silence. There was nothing. There was no word. I imagine they were discouraged. When I pray, I want to say I'm patient, but I'm probably not. And I would say that I'm probably not the only one. Because when we pray, we want to see results. We are results-oriented people. I mean, it's just who we are. We like it quick. I feel like if I ate a salad for lunch, I should lose five pounds today. But that is not always the case. Not ever the case. (laughs) That is not the case. And I imagine that the Jews were used to God speaking to them. And then they were still following the rules. Like some of them were still doing the right things. And God was silent. And that's discouraging. It's discouraging for me when I think I'm doing the right thing and and I'm praying and I'm like, God, why aren't you speaking? God, why aren't you? And you feel like you're talking to a wall. And I'm like, God, I need a breakthrough. Lord, I need a miracle. Lord, I need to see you. And 400 years, I get impatient in a week. 400 years of silence. The, the, dis, the despair. I think about, they, I mean, despair. 
We want God to be like a vending machine, right? You go in, you put your prayer in, boop, and out comes your answer. It's not what the Jews saw. 400 years of silence. As I was thinking about this, I could not help but think about what these folks were going through and what they what they did. I would assume that some of these Jewish people kept their faith, right? Clearly, they were carrying on. Some of them kept their faith. They were keeping their relationship with the, with the Lord. I feel like it had to be, right? Um, they continued waiting, waiting. Every day, can you imagine every day waking up, anticipating today's the day God is going to speak. And every day when your head hits the pillow, you're like, not today. Maybe tomorrow. But because they, they had seen him work, they knew that he was the God he said he was, and they, um, they probably continued to have faith. There were some. I imagine there were some that continued to practice, practice what they knew, practice these laws, practice their customs, practice their religion, but maybe did it without faith. You can, we all know, you can go through those motions, right? You can go through the motions. How many times have we sat down and said, God is great, God is good, let us thank you for our faith, as fast as you can, right? Because you're hungry. But my sermons always turn to food for some reason. I don't understand. But we go, sometimes we go through the motions, right? We don't, we shouldn't, but sometimes we do. I'm so sorry. I'm taking new medicine, you guys, and my mouth is so dry. Um, but they can, so there were some that probably were just going through the motions, um, practicing their, their religion without having real faith. That's not where we want to be. That's not where they needed to be. Um, they were doing the things they knew that they were supposed to do, but doing without, doing it without the faith that they needed to have, right? There were those people, I'm sure, doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Um, but they probably, those folks probably didn't really have any actual hope, just it was their comfortable way to live, right? It was they, they knew this way, they knew this law, they practiced it. Um, so there were those 400 years of silence from God, but there was a lot happening on the earth. It's not like every, everything on the earth was just like, pause, we're going to wait for God to speak again. That's not what happened. Um, many, many prophecies from the Old Testament were being fulfilled, were, being, were happening. Those things were happening um, during those 400 years. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they came into these positions of leadership. And, um, I, I mean, real, real leadership, real influence, you know, um, mainly because they developed this zeal. That's a, that's a weird word. This zeal, um, so for zeal would be like this, like their over the top, right? They're zealous. I'm kiddos. Y'all know what this means. Like they're like over the top excited uh, about following these laws to a T. They were ready. They were, they were ready to keep the law to the letter. And boy, were they good at it, <laughs> right? They were really good. They knew the ins and outs. They knew all of those rules. Remember in Sunday school kids, we talked about how many rules there were. We, they knew all of them. They knew them in and inside and outside. And if you stepped even a little bit to the right or to the left, they were ready to pounce. Now, I'm a rule follower. I like a rule. I feel safe there in the rules. I like them. But I'm, again, thankful that I live on this side, this side of Calvary, right? I'm thankful that I live on this side under grace, right? Not under the law, under grace. I'm glad because that's a lot of rules. There were a lot. There were a lot. Um, so 
in this time. The Jews are waiting and waiting and waiting for this coming Messiah. They were waiting, but for 400 years, it was silent. God did not speak. It was silent. But then the page began to turn, right? One page in my Bible. One page. The page began to turn. The whispers, the whispers of heaven began to stir, right? A glimmer of light in the darkness. Hope, hope was on the horizon. A thrill of hope in the midst of hopelessness. God began to speak. Right? God began to speak. In Luke 1, we see this man named Zechariah. He was a priest in this tribe of priests, right? And so there's a lot of them. So maybe once, maybe once in a priest's lifetime, were they the one who got to go into the Holy of Holies and burn that incense, right? Maybe once in their lifetime. This was not uh, like, a, oh, it's, my, it's Tuesday, my day to go in and light the incense. That was not the way it worked. Maybe once in their lifetime. It was a big deal. Like, it's, a, it's an honor, right, it, to, to be able to do it. And so today was Zechariah's day. It was his moment. It was his time. And um, he's going in to the Holy of Holies to light, the, to burn this incense, incense and um, it, it was his moment. So he's, I mean, I feel like there's some anticipation there probably as well. And so remember, all of these years, silence, still doing the things that they're supposed to do, still following the law, Zechariah's turn to go in. And he's going to go in and light the incense, burn the incense. And so I'll mention also that we know in Luke chapter one, we talked, uh, you'll see that Zechariah is married to Elizabeth, and that's Mary's cousin. We we talked about this this morning in our Sunday school class. Um, so married to Elizabeth, and they were advanced in age. They were old. They were advanced in age, older, right? And Elizabeth was barren. She could not have children. And um, in those days, Today, if we said, oh, they don't have any kids, they can't have kids, that's, we wouldn't think, oh, they must have done something real bad. But in those days, it was kind of like, oh, what have they done that they can't have kids? But God does point out to us in his word that um, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in his sight. They were good. They were doing what they were supposed to do. They were following the law. They had a relationship with the Lord, right? They were in the right place. They were following what they were supposed to do. They just couldn't have kids. That's where they were. They were righteous, not being punished, just what it was. So back, um, back to that day. So it's Zechariah's turn. He goes in to the Holy of Holies to burn the incense And an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, don't be afraid. Famous words, right? Don't be scared. I'm just here. An angel of the Lord. I'm just an angel of the Lord appearing to you. Don't be afraid. 
And he says, don't be afraid, but your wife is going to have a baby. God's heard your prayers, and your wife is going to be with child, and this child is going to be great in the sight of God, right? Not the promised Savior, but the one who's going to prepare the way. And Zechariah said, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) How is this possible? How are we doing that? It's not possible. And the angel of the Lord said, shh, hush your mouth. He said, you will be quiet, and you'll be quiet until this baby comes, right? The angel of the Lord said, shh. At that point, Zechariah's mouth was shut and silenced until the birth of his son, who was, who is it? Not Jesus, John. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist. So, you know, when we talked about, I was just, I alluded to it kind of. Angel of the Lord appears and many, many, many times in the New Testament. An angel of the Lord appears and they immediately say, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Why? Maybe because they're big. I don't know. Maybe because they seem frightening. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't say an angel of the Lord appeared and it was a really scary angel. It doesn't say that in the Bible. It says an angel of the Lord appeared and said, don't be scared and, or don't be afraid. Um, so I was thinking about these 400 years of silence and how the angel says, don't be scared. I'm here. Don't be afraid. And I thought maybe they were just so used to the silence that when an angel of the Lord appeared to them, it was scary because they were used to the quiet. Have you ever been sitting in a room that's quiet and like your phone rings and you're like, Ugh! I mean, it's scary when you're taken off guard, when you are not expecting something and it happens, something happens, it's frightening. So maybe, maybe it's because they were big and scary or maybe it was because they're just not, the, the Jewish people are not used to God speaking to them because it's been quiet for 400 years. So after 400 years of, of silence, the silence is broken. God is speaking. Either way it goes, God is on the move, right? He is on the move. That is exciting. A thrill of hope, one may say. Um, Later on in the chapter, we read that Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Whenever after John was born, Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit. And he started prophesying. When we say prophesying, we're not saying he's telling the future. We're saying He's telling of the goodness of God. He's telling the story, right? So God was speaking. In verse 28, we see that Gabriel, an angel of the Lord, uh, appeared to uh, Elizabeth and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So he now is appearing to Elizabeth. And then later, oh, that was to Mary, sorry. To Mary, greetings, the Lord is with you. Um, he's speaking to Mary. Later, he appears to Mary again and again. Don't be afraid, you know. And so then he later appears to Joseph. And he appears to Joseph more than once. Like, hey, this is going to happen. And then Joseph's like, well, I'm just going to hide Mary away because I don't want people to know. That's what I always thought. But really, I think he was trying to protect her honor, right? He's like, your your girlfriend is going to have a baby. And he's like, ooh, how is that possible? And the Lord says, don't worry, I've got this. 
The Lord is speaking. He is on the move. He is speaking to people exactly where they are and where they need it. We later, even, even later, we read of him speaking to the shepherds or an angel appearing to the shepherds. Angels appearing, a host of angels appearing to the shepherds in the sky. We see the angels, or we see the Lord speaking through the star that the wise men follow. These are all ways that God is speaking. He is breaking the silence. And you guys, he wants to break the silence now. And I will say, God isn't silent, but sometimes we silence him. You make, we make ourselves so busy. We are busy people. And we silence God when all he wants to do is speak to us. In all of those situations, in all of those circumstances, God appeared, God spoke in a way that was, um, that worked exactly for those people. Would it have worked for Mary to see a star? Probably not. But God spoke to her in a way that worked for her. Would it have worked for the wise men to go into the Holy of Holies? No, they weren't in, they couldn't go in the Holy of Holies. So no, they couldn't have done it that way. God spoke to Zechariah. He spoke to Elizabeth. He spoke to Mary. He spoke to Joseph. He spoke to the shepherds, the wise men, exactly in the way that he needed to speak to them. And you guys, he is doing it for us today if we quiet ourselves and let him speak. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. He wants his message to be heard. Um, God isn't silent anymore, but we are very good at covering up the voice of the Lord. I always say sometimes God speaks to me in a whisper and he's like, Amber, 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 Amber. Like to get my attention, and sometimes he's like, Amber! <laughs> sometimes he does that, right? Sometimes he, he needs to, like, I need to be like, boom, brick wall. Okay, I got you, Lord. I see what you're saying, and I'm doing it, right? And sometimes it's just that quiet little whisper. Hope in the midst of hopelessness. Have you ever felt hopeless? I felt afraid. I don't know if I've ever, like, necessarily felt hopeless, thank the Lord, but I do think that that happens to a lot of us, that we feel hopeless, like there's not a way out. God is speaking to you in your darkness, in that hopelessness. God is speaking, and he is saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I have a word for you. I have a word for you, and I have a word for uh, what you are going to do. I have a plan. Isn't that nice to know that God has a plan? I don't always, <laughs> I don't always have a plan. Somebody will be like, "What's the plan?" And I'm like, oh, "Let's just see what happens." God, thank the Lord, God is not that way. God is not that way at all. He speaks to, he spoke to Joseph, he spoke to Elizabeth, he spoke to Mary, he spoke to Zechariah in the way that worked for them, and he will do it for you. If you doubt that, you are doubting that God is who he says he is. You are doubting that God can do all things. Today we talked about that in our Sunday school class, that God can do anything. God can overcome the hopelessness, the darkness, the fear, 
He can do that. That is who God is. He was speaking then and he is speaking now. Hope at last has come. That hope is Jesus, right? We learn that hope is Jesus. Um, God was moving then. He is moving now. He was speaking then. He is speaking now. Hope at last. Hope that meets you where you are in your darkness, in your despair, in your joy. Sometimes God meets you right in the middle of a party, right? And he's like, hey, I'm here too. Let's celebrate. Um, God will do what he says he will do, and he will do what it takes to, to be heard, right? He will do stars. He will do hosts of angels. He will do it. So how does this apply to us today? You're like, okay, no stars, no angels, no no holy of holies. I, I don't want to say I dare you. That's a weird way to say it. I encourage you. I encourage you in the coming days to stop for a minute and let God meet you. You have to be open to it. Like if somebody comes to my house and knocks on the door, I mean, I have to open it, right? I, I don't have to open it. But I have to, if, I, if they are going to fellowship with me and I with them, then I have to invite them in, right? We had a wonderful core member in Sumter who used to always say, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, right? He doesn't just barge in. God doesn't just barge in. He might stop you in your tracks and catch your attention, but you have to invite him in. You have to let him work. You have to let him lead you. You have to let him speak to you. My husband used to get really mad because I would say, um, he would start saying something, I'd say, Shh. sometimes I'll do that to God, I think. I'm like, Shh, sh, sh. I'm busy, God. And God's like, oh, no, oh, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. And so he speaks. He doesn't, he doesn't let my sh hinder him. He continues to speak. But it's my job to listen. It's our jobs to listen. I would encourage you in the next coming weeks to stop. We're busy. Stop. I've got this going on. Stop. Take a moment. Let's um, bask in the hope that is Jesus. Let's anticipate that thrill, that hope that is coming. Jesus, um, let's celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior. You guys, this is a reason to celebrate. After 400 years of silence, the Lord spoke, and he continues to speak. If only we will listen. What if Zechariah had shut that angel down right then and said, Psh, this isn't God. This is, I'm hallucinating. Mm -mm. God speaks. We have to be ready. God, Zechariah was righteous in the sight of God, which is why God spoke to Zechariah. Mary was righteous in the sight of God, which is why God chose Mary. Let's be righteous in the sight of God. Let's live our lives in a way that is glorifying and God-honoring, and we can only do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. Invite him in. Invite him in. We are going to take just a moment and, and have a moment of prayer. Um, I would invite you to listen as the Lord speaks to you.